0: The person who gets the most done has the least excuses. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive
1: coach, Debra Kozlowski.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman show, where we bring you guests around the world who have inspiring stories to help you live rich from the inside out. And today... One of my friends introduced me to Marsha Martin, and I am so excited to interview her. She is one of the most prolific influencers on the who's who in the most innovative minds in thought leadership in the last 40 years. Marsha Martin is the CEO of Marsha Martin Productions LLC, LCC, an executive training firm specializing in transformational leadership training and communication arts technology. She's renowned as one of the top transformational trainers and executive and life coaches worldwide in the arenas of championship performance, relationship coaching, communication mastery, and public speaking. She has personally trained over 300,000 individuals and corporate executives around the globe to be more effective human beings. Dame Marsha, knighted in 2008, has provided leadership training in Europe, South America, Africa, Canada, Mexico, Asia, and the USA. Her clients include Capital One, McCain's Foods, Hard Rock International, Warner Brothers, Intercontinental Hotels, Danone, Ebony Water, among others. Marsha was personally mentored by innovative academic thinkers, Buckminster Fuller, Warren Bennis, Warren Erhard, and in art and technology of leadership, self-transformation, and human development, she was vice president and founding member of Eschhart uh, Seminars, now known as Landmark Forum, where she is was instrumental in taking the company from inception to graduate base of millions within a 10-year period. She has consulted, trained, and coached some of the best-known thought leaders and authors of our time: Jack Canfield, Tony Robbins. Lynn Twiss, T. Harve Eckard, Raymond Aaron, Doria Cordova, Robert T. Kiyosaki, and she was the co creator of the Transformational Leadership Council, serving as vice president, CEO, managing director, program, and production manager in 2004, inception until 2012. As a successful serial entrepreneur, Marsha has partners with artistic claim designer Lauren Birch and together they have created Tsuru, a global fashion jewelry and manufacturing company, taking it from inception to $5 million in annual sales with offices in Hong Kong, Beijing, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York before Ms. Birch passed away. Committed to creating a global transformational impact. Marsha has now created Marsha Martin Membership Club, a digital video audio library collection of her past workshops, podcasts, seminars, speaking engagements, and keynotes designed to accelerate human growth, power, and wealth. And you can find that at MarshaMartinClub.com. And here's a quote just to kick us off before you get a chance to really meet her. My life's work is having your life work better. Please welcome Marsha Martin to the show.
1: Oh, thank you, Deborah. That was so nice. I'm just so excited to hear myself after all of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I was reading, I was like, she's a dame. How do you become a
1: dame? That's so That was really a very (laughs) extraordinary experience. There's two ways you can get knighted. One is by the Queen, and one is by the Orthodox Church of uh, Russia. And I was knighted by the Russian Orthodox Church, the St. John of Jerusalem. It um, has a history of knighting and ser- serving and helping the poor over many thousands of years. Wow. And it's, it comes from doing good works in the, on the planet. Um, I produced a lot of work in hunger and um, helping juvenile delinquents and all sorts of things like that. And then of course, you have to be connected with someone that knows what you did and actually (laughs) knows how this works. And then somebody sponsors you and and, um, nominates you. And then they check everything you've ever done your whole life to see if you would be a knight. So yes, it was quite uh, wonderful. It was a ceremony done in the oldest uh, Russian Orthodox church in New York. It had bishops and all sorts of gowns and, and robes and banners and chanting and, you know, songs and uh, black capes and white, eight-pointed eight white crosses and music and, you know, I knelt in front of a Russian prince and he took a huge sword, a real sword, which was kind of scary, and he says, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And then he says, arise, Dame Marsha. Martin and then he really tells you that your purpose in life is to help the poor and the needy and to raise the consciousness and it's quite a serious vow that yeah. you take
0: and it's like the only thing that you can see in the movies usually but it sounds <laughs> just so profound like it's life changing
1: it was life changing for me i have to tell you as i stood up i felt the weight of being responsible And my whole life has been about transformation and giving and teaching. But still, as I stood up, I just realized to take a vow so solemn that you would be there for the needy and the poor and the people that um, had nothing and all of those kinds of things was quite remarkable. It was very inspirational, quite touching. Well, you
0: have served people from all different walks of life. And, you know, based on knowing, you know, the transformation that you've worked with people, you've changed lives around the world. So I'm curious when it comes to transformation and even personal development, would you just explain to our audience, you know, some people might not have taken the step into personal development Mm -hmm. and some people are actually resistant to it. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your experience has been over the years when people face that resistance and, but they still have that
1: little bit of curiosity? I think it's even more than a curiosity. I think there's a longing inside of each of us that speaks to us. And if we are present and we listen, we can hear that voice inside of ourselves that says, is this all there is? And who am I? And how can I make a difference? And somehow that guides us whether we've gone through personal development courses or not. For me, it was very interesting because I was a young girl when we started EST, Earhart Seminars Training, and there was five of us and we started with one course of 20 people, a weekend course, 20 people. And 10 years later, you know, after being named Senior Vice President and Head of the Communication Registration Division, and I trained all the trainers and the seminar leaders in sales and public speaking, and I filled all the events. I filled auditoriums with 20,000 people every month. I managed hundreds of centers. I had 5,000 people working for me. I put together the Guest Seminar Leaders Program, which was the training program that trained the introductory seminar leaders. You know, when I was a young girl, I would stand in front of the room and guests would ask me what the purpose of the training was. And I would say, oh, the purpose of the training, because we knew what the purpose was, is to transform your life so that the situations in your life clear up just in the process of life itself. And then somebody's hand would go up. And for two to three years, people would raise their hand and they would say, what does transformation mean? Now, if you think about that, that is incredible right because that's such a buzzword but i had to answer that question for 2 to 3 years of my life and i remember asking werner what does transformation mean and he said oh it's like when you you know go from a caterpillar to a butterfly so i would say oh it's like when you go from a caterpillar to a butterfly <laughs> and it was enough and people said oh okay and then we went on well years later realized the process and i don't know if you do or many of your Your um, um, participants in this particular podcast might not know how a caterpillar goes to a butterfly. And I always thought the caterpillar changes into a butterfly, right? Something happens in the inside of that little cocoon, and the caterpillar's eyes become butterfly eyes, and the caterpillar legs become butterfly wings, and like that. Well, that's not what happens. That's called change. Mm -hmm. Transformation, what happens actually is the caterpillar dissolves into a soup it actually unconstitutes itself and what's really amazing is a caterpillar does nothing good in the world except eat that's all it does it eats and eats and eats and eats and gets and then magically at some moment when it's eaten all the right kinds of things it goes into the cocoon it dissolves into the soup and it reconstitutes itself into another organism so it's not even a caterpillar it's actually a new being and that's what transformation is it's when somehow you find a place inside of yourself and i would say that you realize it doesn't work like the caterpillar doesn't really contribute anything except eating Mm -hmm. and where you really find you want to make a difference and you need to pull from inside yourself you need to make that metamorphosis that transformation And when you do, suddenly your life becomes incredibly more beneficial to everyone, which is what happens with the butterfly. The caterpillar gives us nothing, but we can't live without the butterfly and the bumblebee. The butterfly absolutely pollinates everything. So here we are. It's like creating a new part of yourself. And I would say to people who are resisting, why wouldn't you want to grow It's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, like, because I think the answer is we get stuck in our own comfort. We get stuck in our own point of view. We get stuck in our own ways. And then we think that's who we are. And what I tell people is, no, that's not who you are. That's just who you're being right now. And whoever you're being allows you to have certain results. So if you want really extraordinary results, if you want to be a champion, champions grow all the time. They come back from the championships and you know what they do? The next day they're out there on the court or on the field practicing again and they're learning new moves. They don't say, oh, well, I made it and I won that game and so it's over now. I'll just stay stuck. So I guess I would share in that way the benefits of growing. It's a human journey. You're here as a human. Make the most of it.
0: That's very powerful. I've never heard it described that way. And when I think about you know, the transformation within that chrysalis, you know, in order to get out and become that butterfly, there's that struggle, there's that moving around and, you know, wanting to get out. And I read, in, read something about that if you clip the chrysalis, you are doing a disservice to that butterfly and it actually will die. Yes. We are meant to go through that struggle to transform
1: yes very good you know i was told once the most dangerous things but the most beneficial things are the things that where you have to go through transformation it's a dangerous process going from caterpillar to butterfly Mm -hmm. not all of the caterpillars come out as a butterfly yeah and the other one is birth it's a dangerous process it's the same process here you grow something in your womb for nine months safe and secure and then that whole journey out is dangerous and not all babies come out okay and not all babies even come out so you know it's a miracle the other side of transformation but it's so worth it
0: yeah and a miracle ends up being you
1: right yes yes that's That's the
0: most powerful part (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: so when people are struggling um, with whatever they 're dealing with, because I know our listeners and our viewers, everyone has something going on in their life that you know they 're viewing or they might have a form of conflict. sometimes it 's just friction of values, and often it 's behind fear. I would love to hear what your thoughts are around fear and helping people move out of those fears into action.
1: Very good. Well, first of all, um, I want to just share a little bit on how my perspective of how things are in the world, because I think that you need that as context to be able to answer this question. So a lot of people look at the world as if they are at the effect of their circumstances. In other words, if somebody says to you, can you do this? And would you be committed? to completing it for me and with me and about me and all of that, then you would say, well, let me see first if I have enough money. Well, let me see first if I have the right team. Well, let me see first if if there are other people that want to be committed to so I know how many people will be on board. So we look to our circumstances. We usually look outside of ourselves to determine what we're committed to. Our circumstances determine our commitment. There's another way to allow and approach life, which allows you to do the thing you're talking about, which is to get in touch with the fears and the obstacles and move through them. And that is to realize that the real way things work is, first, you must be committed without knowing how it's going to happen, without knowing how you're going to do it. You have to have that courage to say, this is my stand. This is where I am. This shall be. I don't know how yet, but I'm taking a stand. And the stand has to be first because that's the nature of commitment. When you take a stand from that point of view, instead of looking at your circumstances, but taking a stand and deciding this shall be, what happens miraculously, just like caterpillar and and, uh, butterfly, is you somehow then, become able to cause the circumstances that need to be in place for you to accomplish what you were a stand for. Now, taking a stand first is scary. It's like the uh, people in Mexico, uh, Acapulco, where they dive off the high cliffs. When those guys dive, they have to dive into rocks because they are so far up that if they dove when they saw the water, the water would go out by the time that they reached the land and they would be crushed. So they have to somehow be with themselves in such a courageous way, because can you imagine what it's like where you're going to throw yourself over a cliff and you see a rock down there, you don't see any water, but by the time that they get down there, the water is in. And so that's what I'm saying is, You commit first and then you cause the circumstances. The other thing about fears is that is an internal process. You have to be willing to go inside. Mm -hmm. What most people do is they look outside to get their approval. They look to somebody else to tell them they're okay. They look to some standard of living to know if they're successful where happiness comes from, where success comes from, it's an internal kind of thing. You bring happiness to the table. You don't get happiness from something else. You bring success to the table. You don't get success from something else. And that piece is your willingness to know who you are. And that's, again, the value of self-development and human potential. And that's why it's an art and a technology. You know, if you have the courage to just be able to face yourself. And and that takes some courage. I can remember the first time that I realized I actually judged people. I never noticed that. And then all of a sudden I was in some training and somebody was telling me about, you know, what judgment is and what people's positions are. And I realized, oh, my God, I judge everybody all the time instantaneously. And at first I felt bad about myself. Like there's something wrong with me and I didn't like that I wanted I'd rather hide it I'd rather pretend I didn't do that mm-hmm. but the actual awareness of what I was doing and being conscious of it and then considering what was another choice of how to behave allowed me to be in a place now in my life where I just love everybody you know it's fine with me whatever their choices are I don't have to choose how they run their life I look at life to say well that particular way of behaving is probably going to produce this result. As long as you want to have that result, that's okay. Yeah. But I don't say you're good, you're bad anymore. It's just not how I look at the world. So it's yeah. a process. It's different, right? Because people are going to,
0: you're not part of the consequence or the circumstance that they live up. They're a product of those choices. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because I've been doing a lot of reading and uh, discussion with people about that mirroring, the mirroring of circumstance in your environment or when you're triggered by someone, realizing that it's, you are mirroring something, they're mirroring something back to you to be able to really understand why a person triggered you. Yes. Or, when you see someone that they remind you of someone else and you just want to distance yourself from them. Yes. And that's where that judgment, um, years ago I was at an event and this woman was walking around with this blonde teased hair, bright pink lips. And she had this plasticky silver vinyl jacket and high heels like this. And she was walking around and I was just like sitting there. I could feel myself judging her thinking wow she really looks plastic that was the only thing I came to my name the next thing I knew that woman was standing at the podium and started speaking saying how many of you were analyzing me and I just slid down in my chair (laughs) and I had my hand up and she was the guest speaker she was the guest speaker and she was a multi-million dollar businesswoman, and and I was horrified but it was such a shock to my system that I was like, okay, not judging again. (laughs) And And every time I catch myself, I have to shift myself to say, you know, let's be curious about these people around me versus judge them.
1: Well then, and that's a beautiful thing you just said. Let's be curious because it has to do with awareness. What I teach senior executives and I train, Corporations all over the world. I'm working with Hard Rock Hotels International right now and all of their executive hotel teams in different parts of the world, and I've been training them for the last two years. And you know, it's it's one of those things where you need to know who you are and to be able to kind of see someone as it is instead of in your picture, and take a look at when you go outside and you see a tree, you don't get mad at the tree for being a tree, right? You don't say, I'm so pissed off at this tree, and this tree should be someplace else, and it shouldn't be this way. No, what you do is you actually just go, oh, it's a tree, and you accept and allow it wherever it is. You don't say it shouldn't be here. It should be over there. But now take a person in your life that you're upset with. First thing you say is, oh, that person shouldn't be doing that that person should be doing something else. And even if they've been doing that same thing for a hundred years and it's predictable, you still are upset about the fact that they're doing it rather than just allowing them to be whoever they're being. Mm. And that's the only way that you're going to really cause change because resistance creates persistence. So any time that you say it shouldn't be this way, you're resisting the way it is. If you would just allow it, Then you can say, oh, what's so is, and allow whatever it is, instead of saying, well, it shouldn't be so. Well, I wish it were differently so. Well, I don't think it's right that it's so. Good, bad, all of that bullshit. Excuse me. That's a technical word, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) But if you just say what's so in terms of what is so now, not making it bad or good, just saying this is what's so, then you could say, okay, got that. What's next? And then the next move becomes available to you of what action you should take, what move you should take, um, what commitment you should take. All of those things emerge out of the fact that it's appropriate to the situation that you have accepted and allowed to be the way that it is. And then you can make some impact. So it's it's a training because so many people look at things and they go, it's good, it's bad. Right. Or they listen, I agree, I disagree. Well, that's only two little points of view. Like there's a lot of other things you could be noticing if you weren't just so focused on whether it's good or bad. What about, is it working or not? Yeah. Is this particular thing, way that I'm being, working to produce the things that I want in my life? Not whether it's right or wrong, or good or bad. Who cares if it's not working? But do you have the amount of money that you want in your life? Do you have the home and the love that you want in your life? Are you committed to the things that you think are valuable in your life? Is your voice making a stand for the things that make you feel good as a human being in your life? Is it working? Yeah. Are you producing it? And if not, then I would say, well, it doesn't matter if you believe it's right or you believe it's wrong. At least notice it's not working you're not getting any richer and you're not getting any happier. So I would say change your course.
0: <laughs> so I can see how like not only interpersonal relationships and in business and organizations, but in relationships, how, you know, we're, we often hear about people wanting to change someone. You want to change your boss or you want to change your spouse. And yeah, said from what I, from what I'm gathering from you, it's, to also accept and allow them just to be who they are.
1: Well, and to really recognize and accept also that you can't change anybody. How often has that worked when you wanted somebody to be different than they were? Yeah. It just, you can't change. The only person you can change is yourself. So whenever, I, I do a lot of marriage counseling. I do a lot of relationship training. You know, I've trained over 300,000 people, like you've said. So yeah. I have experience in life. I'm a life coach, I'm an executive coach, I'm a transformational leader and trainer. So I've seen all of the, the um, actions that people do. I've heard all the conversations and the excuses that they have. Yeah. I've seen whether the results work or not. So I have this understanding of actually how it works. And, and hey, in relationships, the first thing and the hardest thing is to get somebody to concentrate on themselves instead of the other person. But he said this, but he did that, but he doesn't understand that I go, okay, now stop. I understand, but I'm not coaching him right now. So let's look to you. So what is going on with you? Yeah. What is it that you didn't say? What is it that you wanted to say? What is it that you're feeling? What is it that caused you to be right about that, more importantly than to want to apologize? What's going on with you? And to get somebody to look inside themselves instead of to point blame at somebody else's, oh my goodness, that's difficult. But it works if you can do it. So what would
0: you suggest to someone who might be butting heads with a coworker, or their boss, or their spouse and realizing that they have their own self-awareness and the other person may not have self-awareness into their behavior?
1: Well, very few people have self-awareness into their behavior, just so you know. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so we can start there. (laughs) But I would have a conversation something like this with anybody I was having trouble with. I would say something like, I'm really committed to having our relationship work. And I've noticed that we have breakdowns and upsets. And I'm looking in myself to see what's going on with me that is part of causing that. And I would love to have your feedback in terms of what you see I could do differently or what you see that I could do that is working. And then I would stop talking and just listen, 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 and let the person empty out. Because here's the thing about life overall. There's two things. There's space and there's things in space. That's all there is space and things in space everything has to have space in which it can exist if the space is full you won't be able to create it or act it so if i am wanting someone to be aware of themselves there has to be space for them to be aware of themselves now how can i assist them in creating that well i can put their focus on me because i know where that focus is anyway they're already judging me, blaming me, etc. because that's what human beings do, right? Right. So if I say, hey, I think I'm making some mistakes here, already it catches them off guard because that's different than, hey, why don't you change? Mm-hmm. You're making mistakes. I know everything and you know nothing. Well, that just doesn't work for relationships, yeah. right? If I'm willing to listen to whatever they say, now we're getting a little um, complex because, see, in order for you to listen to someone you have to have space in which they can give you their feelings emotions communication and most of us are filled up ourselves so if you want to create space for yourself one should meditate one should do some kind of action that causes stillness because stillness in a human being is what creates space for themselves most people are human doings instead of human beings very few people just be they're doing 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 filling up the space filling up the space thinking of this thinking of that well take a walk in nature and don't talk sit down and be quiet and don't move close your eyes notice your breathing any kind of activity that allows you to be actually still stop doing and start being for a period of time a few minutes every day That will allow you to have space for yourself. You have space for yourself. Now you can be present, communicative, open, connected, and allow someone to empty their space. Because they're going to say things you don't agree with. But you don't have to respond. The only reason you have to respond is you don't have any space. And so you're resisting getting any more things filled up and you want to defend yourself and push it back. So if I have some space and then I say to somebody, Hey, I think our relationship could be better. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling really sad that we don't have a better relationship. And I realized this is something that's important to me and I'm committed to making it work. So I'm going to work on myself to see what I can do to be a better friend, a better colleague, a better associate. And I would love your input to give me some ideas of what I'm doing now that isn't working. Quiet. They empty, 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 empty. Now they have some space. And then I can say, because now it has some room, I can say, do you have the same feeling? Would you like to work on our relationship also? Is this something that is important to you? Mm -hmm. And and ask as if it's a question, not as if they're supposed to want to, but like you're curious, right? The foundation of all championship performance, the foundation of any kind of peak performance is awareness. That's why I love when you say I'm curious, because that tells me you're looking, you're being aware of something, you're questioning. Yeah. The rest is easy, because you have a, a self um, system as a human being. If you can be aware of something and have an insight, the next thing is you'll start communicating, and then you'll start crystallizing, and then you'll start getting it changed so it happens naturally if you can just be
0: aware it's very powerful thank you for going over that with us which leads me to asking you a little bit about manifestation how do we bring things and circumstances into existence so you know being present obviously is part of that process i'm making that assumption
1: yeah Um,
0: but i would love to hear How how do people actually manifest? Because I know people say, oh, positive thinking. But there's more than positive thinking that brings about manifestation.
1: Well, you're asking a very profound, um, complex question. I'll give you the um, idiot remarks, the dummy version of it, like the bullet points, okay? Okay. So here's the process. There's three universes that you live in, that we live in as human beings. There's the world of being. There's a world of doing, and there's a world of having. Mm -hmm. Being is in the invisible world. Doing and having are in the visible worlds. The invisible world is where you imagine. It's where you create dreams. It's where you feel feelings. In the invisible world, there's no time. In other words, I can close my eyes and be imagining myself in Hawaii. And in one second, I'm in Hawaii being in Hawaii in the imagination world. You see? Yes. Now, if I'm going to do that and have that in the visible world, I'm going to have to take time to get on a plane and travel across a period of you know, hours before I land is when I'm going to be in Hawaii. But I can be in Hawaii in my imagination in any second. Now, here's how it works. The world of being is where it all starts. So here's be, do, have. And think of a, 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 an arrow through that the, the one leads into the other. Being is first, out of being comes doing, and out of doing comes ha- having. And you are congruent human being. In other words, when you have a value, which is a thing that lives in your being world, you must line up with that value in your actions and in your talking, in your speech, in your language if it's incongruent it feels funny to you you can't stand up and get the smile on your face and you know really feel enthusiastic and then say life sucks it doesn't make sense it's incongruent do you see right. yes. so your actions and your language always line up they come from the world that you are creating as a being they come from the world of being the, the bridge between being and having is language and action. That's the bridge. So essentially, you have a way of thinking. You're not having thoughts. That's something you have. But you are being a certain thinking. Einstein said, whatever thinking you're being, you'll have a certain result. If you want to change the result, change the way that you're thinking. Don't try to change the result. Change your thinking. If you change your thinking, you'll have a different result. So in the world of dreams, vision, feeling, we create. Now, we're, we're really good about creating something that happened already with detail. Right. We're not as good at creating that something that hasn't happened yet with detail. But in order to bring something into existence, it has to have details. So let me give you an example. If I say to you, tell me about a bad relationship you had, one will come to mind, and you'll be able to say, oh, I met him here, and he had this particular suit on, and his mother said this, and he had a pimple on his chin, and he was this tall, and he was this weight, and, and then we, the first thing we did was we you'll be able to describe that just ad nauseum, right, details. Now, if I say to you, okay, well, tell me what you want in a relationship in the future. Mm. You'll say, well, I want somebody that, you know, I'd I'd like someone that really appreciates me. I can't get people to speak the future. It's, It's as if they're afraid they're going to be wrong. You can't be wrong about speaking the future because all the future is is a possibility. Right. A future isn't out there in stone around the corner and down the street by the 7 A future is just what you're speaking as a declaration and you make it a possibility. And there's all sorts of possibilities. And you don't need to know the how to dream. No. no, no, no. How is in action, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Be comes first, then do. So be first. Now, here's the law. Whatever you're being will eventually exist in the world of having. Whatever you are being will eventually exist in the world of having. And the bridge is doing. And doing includes language and action. So essentially what I'm telling you about your language is you bring things into existence through your speaking. You actually create a future by saying it. Okay, so if you can dream something, And then you will start to line up with that dream. The problem is, is people dream what they want. In other words, I might say, oh, someday I'm going to be something. And that's my dream. Hmm. Well, I just told you the law. Whatever you're being will end up in the world of having. So if you're being, someday it will happen. Yes. Then what you will have is someday it will happen. When you're dreaming in the being world, you have to do it in present tense. It has to be as if it's so right now, because it is so right now as a dream. Most people dream what it's going to be, and then they never realize it. Because the be and the have are the same. One's in the invisible world, one's in the visible world. So... What you want to do with bringing something into existence is, first of all, get a really clear dream and trick yourself into imagining it has already happened. So don't see yourself losing 50 pounds. See yourself having lost 50 pounds. You see, in the dream. Dream in present time. Dream as if it's already happened and be very clear about it and detailed and Think about it and envision it and get color to it and feeling and that activates your feeling. Your thought process and your envisioning process activate your feeling. If you've ever seen a mother or a father that just had a new baby and they start talking about their new baby, all of a sudden they'll just get so excited (laughs) because they're they're thinking of their baby and they love that baby and so their emotions come into it. So if you're thinking of something you want to be really create as if it's already happened, and you can activate those emotions, now we've got being going, okay? Now, line up your actions along that. If you're being confident, well, what do confident people say? Don't be out there saying, I don't think I can do this because I'm afraid and I'm not a good speaker. No, confident people don't say that, it's incongruent, so you're not being confident. Say something that shows us you are confident, which is what you're being. And pretty soon you will get and have the things that confident people have. So be that all makes now, sense? not that someday yes. when you get there. Yes, yes. <laughs> I hope that all made sense. That was uh, a very uh, deep No, question. absolutely. So, Being,
0: doing, and having. Just, yes. it's a beautiful analogy, easy to remember. And it uh, fits in what I like to tell people. Don't act as if when it will happen. You act as is. As it is right now, as if it's already happened. Exactly, so that you will ask the questions you need to based on that person that you see yourself to be. Yes. Well, we've come to the close to the end of our interview,
1: and <laughs> it's I'm going to so sp- fast. I, I, love, know, I like, love being interviewed by you.
0: <laughs> I'm like, Marsha, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to have part two. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you. I'm going to switch gears here. I want to sure. ask you what book has been one of your guiding guideposts or transformational books that really spoke to you.
1: Well you're gonna laugh at this, but when I was 12, I don't know if you've read this book or not, but 12 year olds don't read it. I read Atlas Shrugged. And Atlas Shrugged, oh my God, it's an Anne Ron book. And it was about the power of a woman. And the the heroine was Dagny Taggart, I remember. And I read that book and it just opened up my whole world as to what I could accomplish as a woman, which was a long time ago when I was 12. So in those days, we didn't have the same kind of opportunity. So it was a huge insight that I could do this. And then I think um, a couple of books I think are really, oh, I know. And then when I was in my 20s, changed my life, Stranger in a Strange Land. Another very popular cultural book that nobody's ever heard of, I'm sure, but that's where the word grope comes from. It was about a man from Mars that came to Earth and how he taught human beings to love. It was so beautiful. It opened up my whole understanding of who I was. And it kind of crushed through these belief systems. I just remember my mind was exploding when I read that book. Now, since then, I would suggest... Um, three books for people to read that would be valuable along the journey. One is uh, Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. Mm -hmm. It'll give people a total energetic, different kind of perspective on what money is, how money can be used. Because money, sex and money are the two big things that are obstacles for people usually. And this just opens up a whole new perspective. And then I think a really good, like basic, just so profound book, but so simple is Untethered Soul. Oh, yes, By I Michael Singer. Yeah, just, and that's a book I read every three months to six months. I have everybody I coach read it because it just, you know, it just gets the bullet points in order. Yeah. And the other one that I think is really profound and simple and good is my friend Don Miguel Ruiz is a shaman and he wrote uh, The Four Agreements. Yeah. And I read The Four Agreements. I, I told Don Miguel, I said, I think I made your book a bestseller because when I read it, nobody had ever heard about it. It was so great. I made every single executive that I was training and every single person I coach read that book and go get it. So I do too. It's, yeah, it it's really my good. most transformational book. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. And it's simple. I think the most profound things are simple.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreement number two was a big one for me. That was a game yeah. changer because yeah. I took everything that people said and did toward me personally, thinking that there was something wrong. And then yeah. when I read that, I was like, okay, enough of that. Good but, girl. You know, that self-awareness <laughs> is like, okay, yes, yeah. yeah on yeah. my stuff. <laughs> and what a relief it is. So now when I sometimes we'll go to the secondhand stores and I will buy if I see them on the shelf, i a oh, good them girl. And yes. I send them out to people. I yes. said,
1: You need to read this book. You need to read this book. <laughs> yeah. Pass it around, spread the word. Yeah. So my next oh, question, I'm- oh, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to make sure I had time to tell you about my Marsha Martin membership club. Is that Absolutely. okay? Yeah. Yeah. Go but ahead. I am so excited because you have to understand I'm in the last quarter of my life. So, you know, I'm, I'm an elder now and I've been through a lot of experiences in years and my idea of what I want in my life is different than it was used to be when I was a young girl. Or when I was a business girl, you know, all of those things growing up. And I really want to give away and leave behind. And so I always thought it would be with books. Mm. You see, and so as a result, I videoed almost everything I've ever done for the last 30 years. And I, you know, some are good videos, some are even in old formats. I mean, I've got eight tracks and I've got tape decks and I've got every kind of thing that you could have. I've got boxes in the garage that we're going through now. And what we've done is we have created like a Netflix, Marsha Martin. It's my podcasts and my seminars and my speaking engagements and we're putting them up. You know, we've just started it this last month and we're adding new materials all the time. It's only $10 a month and you can register by going to marshamartinclub.com and it's marsha m-a-r-c-i-a m-a-r-t-i-n club.com now here's the thing that's happening because it's so cool you go in there and you can click on an icon it'll say this workshop or that speaking engagement or whatever and then it opens up and it's all broken down so that it's a module so you can watch 10 minutes or a half hour it tells you how much time each tells you the description tells you the title and you can watch a whole workshop or you can watch a speaking engagement and all sorts of subjects, you can pick your subject. You can learn about sex and learn about relationships. You can learn about communication and leadership and uh, language, it's it's all there, okay? Now here's what's happening, I'm so excited. We have a beta class of about 20 people. And I said, now you have to watch or listen because nothing works unless you actually watch or listen. You're not going to be transformed if you register and then you don't watch or listen. To exactly. And so they've been watching and listening and they've been going, Marsha, I remember this workshop and I forgot what you said and oh my God, it felt like I was in there again and I just transformed and you came right at the right time and we've been getting all of this. Well, now we're getting new people and I've literally been getting emails and they're saying, I felt like my brain got fried. You just rewired my brain and a woman I was coaching yesterday, she said, you changed my whole relationship with my husband. She says, I watched two videos, literally, on relationship secrets. And I realized everything I was doing wrong. And I just started doing other things. And two days ago, he said, I don't know about this Marsha Martin, but I like her. Keep doing whatever <laughs> she's telling you to do. Awesome. And she, she said, I think you saved my marriage. And so it's really good. And the reason it's good is because I have a way of speaking that um, causes you to think differently. Mm. And it kind of gets you out of your box of however you've been holding something, and it allows you to question in new ways, and it works. So I want to invite everybody to register for MarshaMartinClub.com. I think it's really exciting that instead of a book, it's just, it's a video, isn't that great? yeah and the membership
0: is not more than what people pay for often for a good beverage or a couple yeah. of coffees right
1: we and want to create this community and we'll do that over the next year where we really have people that can ask me questions and interact and right now it's very simple it's very clean just go on there and i i told people i said i promise you you watch or listen to me a half hour a week or an hour every two weeks your life will change i can promise that
0: powerful powerful well we're going to have to wrap it up i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and uh i think we're going to have to do a part 2
1: <laughs> Just i would no love person. to do a part 2 with you <laughs> i adore you already
0: <laughs> oh this has been so much fun please go over to marsha's website you know marshamartin.com and also to the membership you want to be over there and grab your membership at marshamartinclub.com Get on there, transform your life.
1: Oh, thank um, you,
0: Deborah. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Deborah Kazowski. I want to thank you again for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. You can go over to my website at www.deborahkazowski.com and put in your email. You'll get your free mini course video, um, three video series on making habits stick. So you can build that focus and consistency, building in that routine that takes you on your steps to your success. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Marsha and myself, go out and have a fabulous
1: day. Fabulous.